Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, February 7th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is a short and sweet psalm, Psalm 67. This one you could memorize. It's not about seven verses, got some pattern or repetition to it. It's a delightful little psalm. Catches this theme of blessed to be a blessing. Okay? Love this psalm. For the director of music with stringed instruments. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Mm. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine upon us. There's the blessing, right? Here's some kind of an echo of that blessing of Aaron from uh, Numbers chapter 6. That your ways may be known on earth. So blessed, bless us, that your ways may be known on earth, that we might be a witness, that we might show forth uh, your love and and good deeds, your salvation among all nations. So we're blessed to be a blessing. We're elect and called that we might serve. So it's great. It's a great psalm that captures that theme that we were talking about yesterday. Okay, let's go on to the next essential of the Reformed tradition, our Reformed Presbyterian tradition. This is covenant life in the church. Covenant life in the church. Let me go ahead and read just the first paragraph out of our um, Essential Tenets document. Hopefully you've printed that off and have been following along with that. We are elect in Christ to become members of the community of the new covenant. This covenant, which God himself guarantees, unites us to God and to one another. Already in the creation, we discover that we are made to live in relationship to others, male and female, created together in God's image. In Christ, we are adopted into the family of God and find our new identity as brothers and sisters of one another since we now share one Father. Our faith requires our active participation in that covenant community. Okay. That's the first paragraph from the Essential Tenets document. So before I dive into this notion of a covenant community, those two words together might be new to some of you. Just reflecting on our culture, American culture. And I believe there are many aspects of our culture that kind of work against the notion of a covenant community, of church as something that we're joined to in a sacred obligation, right? Kind of a, a binding way. Um, we are highly individualistic in our society. Um, we, we celebrate freedom, right? I mean, this is one of the great American hallmarks of our kind of political reality. 
um, liberated from the king, right, and from tyranny. <clears throat> uh, thus ever to tyrant, six semper tyrannus, right? I think in that the motto of the Commonwealth of Virginia, down with tyrants. We look to be free. And so our um, constitution, our Bill of Rights, stresses these rights. We have certain freedoms. We can gather, we can speak, we can worship, we can assemble, we can bear arms, all these freedoms that we have. <clears throat> Uh, there are many cultural observers and commentators who believe that in the American expression, this moves almost to an extreme of individualism. I'm free to do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, with whomever I want, as often as I want, and nobody can tell me otherwise. And so perhaps this is summed up, uh, I think it's Burger King, right? <laughs> Have it your way, have it your way, have it your way at Burger King. So you can get your burger any old way you want. You can get your car insurance any old way you want. <laughs> you can believe any old thing you want or nothing at all, right? And so we live in a highly individualistic society. We, we celebrate autonomy. I'm an autonomous individual. I even break away from my family traditions. You know, many cultures are organized. They honor traditions and they honor the elders. They honor the family. The individual is subordinate to family realities, not in America. You know, we graduate, we're out. And so, um, you know, these, these uh, characteristics of American society we're a highly mobile society. And so that innate, you know, so much of this individualism, I just, I move to the West Coast and I just make a new life for myself, right? Novelty, I've got that listed here on the whiteboard. Novelty, we're, we're infatuated with the new, shiny and bright and new. And our technology, you know, our economy and our technology um, and our society highly values new things, new, new ways to maybe do old things. Um, I've already talked about freedom. Uh, consumerism. We, if I don't like, if, if you know, the um, job I, I'm working in doesn't work for me, I quit and get a new job. Um, if the restaurant changes hands, I'm, I, 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 I'd leave. I'm never going to go there again. I don't like the way they treated me. Uh, I'm always shopping for a deal. I'm always shopping for something new. We shop for churches, right? And so this, we bring this into our spiritual life. If the church no longer meets my needs, that's the way we often speak about it, then I'll go looking for a new church that does meet my spiritual needs or the needs of my family. And we don't think much about this, okay? So it's not, I'm not trying to lift this up necessarily as a moral wrong. I'm, I'm trying to describe more than prescribe at this point, okay? So there's many aspects of our American society, American culture that are deeply ingrained in us, embedded in us. We don't even think about them. They're second nature. We take them for granted. You know, I get bad service, I'm out. You know, I uh, got a bad boss, I'm out. I do what I want to do. All of this, I would uh, suggest to you, works against 
the notion of the church as a covenant community uh, or, or what the, the essential tenet says, covenant life in the church, okay? So what I want to do today and, and for the next couple of days is talk a little bit about church, okay? Not Greenwich Church in particular, though, though we'll include that. I'm going to talk about our covenant of membership, but the church, the body of Christ, what it means to be not just an individual Christian, but a member of a community. And so I think maybe that's the tension. It's not just me and Jesus. You know, in our society, there's the, the faith, the, 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 the Christian faith takes on a kind of individualistic, consumerist, uh, novelty-seeking quality. It's me and Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I've got my ticket to salvation. I've got my ticket to heaven. I'm good to go. Church you know, I could stay at home and watch church. I can watch many churches, right? So some have argued COVID has not only brought churches like Greenwich online, you know, live streaming, which is, I think, on the whole been good for us. It enables pe people to sit at home and they can participate in many different church communities. You can go live stream with a church in California or Alaska or Florida or wherever. You don't just have to live stream Greenwich. <clears throat> and so there's some upside to that and some downside to that, right? Because we we disconnect from the local body of believers in, in some ways. And, and so the impulses of our sin, which drives us to selfishness, the impulses of our culture and the, the, the practices and patterns of our culture, you know, enhanced perhaps by COVID, leads us to a place where we don't always think of joining a local church and getting involved. Uh, how does it say? Our faith requires our active participation in that covenant community. Our faith requires active participation in community. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to pick and choose. I'm going to go down the religious um, salad bar line and I'm going to, I'm going to go to a Bible study, uh, you know, tune into a Bible study that I enjoy from some church in Oklahoma. And then I'm going to participate in a men's group with some other folks from Florida. And I might, you know, frequent Greenwich from time to time, you know, that, that kind of thing. So church is a covenant community. It's this language in our essential tenets. I've understood this for a number of years. A covenant, let me just kind of break the, the phrase down. Covenant, we see this in the Old Testament. We see this in the New Testament. Old covenant, new covenant. Uh, if you recall our theology series back from the year 2020 <laughs> when we started the Basement Academy. A covenant is a binding relationship. There are obligations. There are responsibilities. Um, there are privileges, there are blessings that go with it. Blessed to be a blessing, right? And so God chooses Noah, God chooses Abraham, God chooses Moses, God chooses David. There's this call into relationship. God, the sovereign, calls Moses, and we often look at the Mosaic covenant because the Ten Commandments and, and many of the uh, uh, attendant um, uh, truths that come with the Ten Commandments, if you read the book of Exodus, You've got um, the sacrificial system that is given. So the priests, um, the sacrifices, the religious festivals, Passover uh, and the like. And so there's this 
covenantal arrangement. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will dwell with you. I will watch over you. You have responsibilities. And the people said, we will do everything that the Lord our God says or commands. Um, and so Joshua gives a little voice to this at the end of, of the book of Joshua. Choose this day whom you will serve. If it's going to be the gods of the nations or, or the sovereign God. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have, you have to commit yourself, bind yourself to follow the true, the one true living God. And so there is an old, what we now, from the vantage point of the new covenant, look at the Mosaic covenant as an old covenant. There were obligations, sacred responsibilities, and then the prophet said there will come a time when God will make a new covenant and the word will not be an external word written on tablets of stone, but God will write his word on our hearts. And so Jesus at the Last Supper says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my shed blood. He's taking the Passover meal, taking the sacred meal of the old covenant, and he reinterprets it. And now it's not the blood of bulls and goats and animals and lambs. It is now the blood of God's own son, Jesus, the blood of the new covenant. Said this uh, on Sunday in our communion service. And so that covenantal reality... So there's this binding relationship. We have the privileges, the honor, the joy of being called the people of God. We have responsibilities to the Lord to obey. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so forgiveness of others is one of those covenantal responsibilities. And so the old covenant, new covenant theme, okay? The community aspect of it in the Old Testament, the, the people of God, Israelites are called the sacred assembly, say, And so God would call them to sacred assembly. And so they were called to worship. They were called to the temple. They were called to the sacrifices. But it was a holy uh, community, a sacred assembly, a holy nation, a people belonging to God is, is how the Old, Old Testament speaks of it. In the New Testament, we've got this Greek word ekklesia, which means the called out, uh, kaleo, uh, to call, ek out of. And so the church are the ones who are called out. They're called out of the world. They're called out of the nations. They're called to God. And so there's a community, Old Covenant, the Sacred Assembly, uh, the Kahal um, uh, of Israel. And then it turns into the New Covenant community made of Jew and Gentile joined together by faith in, in Jesus Christ. And so the church of Jesus Christ is more than just a voluntary organization that has special status with the IRS as a 501c3 organization that when you make some donations to the offering plate or in some other way, you get a tax receipt and you're participating in a charitable organization. The church is more than that. In our society, it gets thought of as a voluntary organization. You are not, you're not required. No, no citizen of the United States is required to participate in a local faith community, a local church. And so in that sense, it's a voluntary organization. But the people of God are not free. You know, the government defines the church as a voluntary organization, but the people of God are obligated 
to participate in community. You are drawn into a relationship with God. And so it's not just Jesus and me, it's Jesus and thee as well, all the people of God. So Jesus calls me to himself and he calls me to all the other people whom he has called to himself. Okay, we're going to talk more about that uh, tomorrow, about the unity of the church through, through all the denominations, etc., that we have. Now, Greenwich tries to capture some of this notion of being a covenant community by our covenant of membership. And so any of you who have gone through uh, the membership process at Greenwich in the last 15, 16 years, because back in, uh, I'm reading here, August 23rd, 2005, our church leadership, the session, the elders and pastors, formally adopted the statement that I'm going to read to you, and I'll post it, we'll have Joy post it up online. Um, hopefully you'll remember this if you've gone through the, the membership class. We asked you to stand, we, we taught what this is, and we asked you to stand and you spoke these very words. And so here's our covenant of membership. Trusting in the grace of God offered to me in the gospel, I acknowledge that I am in need of God's saving mercy. I believe that Jesus Christ is the unique Son of God who lived, died, and rose again for me. I trust in Him alone for my salvation. In grateful response to God's love and with a desire to be a faithful steward of the spiritual gifts, material possessions, physical energy, and time He has given me, I do hereby pledge myself to the Lord and to the members of this church to walk in Christian love, exercising care for the other members of the church, to attend the worship services faithfully, to uphold the needs, ministries, and mission of the church in prayer, to study and apply the scriptures to my life, to seek a place of active service in the church, to contribute regularly as the Lord provides and directs, to the financial support of the ministry entrusted to the church, to endeavor by word, action, and prayer to bear witness to Jesus Christ, to honor the leaders whom God raises up to shepherd this congregation, to maintain the peace, unity, and purity of the church. Wow. I mean, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's robust. It's big. It's aspirational. Okay, we're not going to bonk anybody on the head if you don't come to church and if you don't pray and if you don't, you know, go to Bible study. But we're saying we believe this is what an active member at Greenwich Presbyterian Church should aspire to. A clear statement of faith in Jesus Christ and the need of God's mercy through Christ, commitment to him. And then this commitment, I pledge myself to the Lord and to the members of this church. And it's about love, and it's about worship, and it's about prayer, and it's about service, and it's about financial stewardship. It is sacrifice of, of, one's, um, of one's wealth and, and one's uh, livelihood. Um, it's witness. Um, it's study. It's honoring leadership. It, there, there's a followership that, that's, that's required or called upon. And so... Um, what a covenant of membership does is trying to acknowledge there's a binding relationship. I'm binding myself, I'm pledging myself to the Lord Jesus and I'm pledging myself to this expression of his universal church, the members of this particular church. This is where I'm gonna live out my faith. 
I'm going to be willing to be held accountable. I'm going to seek comfort and encouragement and instruction. I'm going to seek community and, and vitality and to live out faith, hope, and love here. Exercise the gifts of the Spirit uh, here uh, among this people. And so it's a way of vocalizing our faith. And so we ask every active member to physically stand and speak in the presence of our elders who then witness that profession of faith and commitment. And then it also it gives one an opportunity to affirm their intentions to live into this Christian life, live, live into this life of discipleship. And then it becomes a shared commitment that we have made. And so it's the, the shared community commitment covenant, okay? And so uh, it's, it's a vow of, uh, of sorts. Um, so anyway, I'm, we'll have this posted up. Um, if you've joined the church in the last number of years, you might vaguely remember this. Hopefully you remember it more vaguely. Um, I believe we gave you back, hopefully we gave you back that little card. You signed the little card. The elders and the pastors signed that, dated it. And I believe we gave that back to you so you could have that as a record of the commitment that you have made uh, to the Lord uh, here at Greenwich. And that will be a, a, a prompt or a guide to, 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 to encourage you to love uh, and good deeds. So anyway, uh, we believe in covenant life in the church. Going to talk more about that tomorrow. And so let, let's close in prayer now. And, um, and then we'll see you tomorrow. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for this body of Christ, this, this faithful community that you have um, sustained through time. You have enabled to live through the gospel and the Holy Spirit and the sacraments and community life. Your church spread around the, not only our nation, but around the world. And we pray that it reaches all nations, all peoples, all tribes uh, at, at some point. And so this is our commitment. And so thank you for the way you have nurtured us, not only at Greenwich, but in the many expressions of your church uh, that we have uh, participated in through the years. And so re renew our commitment to this uh, covenant community. Uh, renew our commitment, O oh Lord, uh, to this covenant life in the church, which we know is the body of Christ. And so we thank you for Jesus, the living head, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May God enrich you through this church called Greenwich or whatever church family you participate in. May God bless you and keep you this day forevermore. Amen.